Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. And we are super excited to have a very good new friend of mine on the show, Caitlin Neal, a.k.a. Katniss. Uh, Katniss, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you guys? We are good. I'm actually, I'm going to start with this podcast saying, I'm surprised to see you not walking backwards on a treadmill. Because I feel like every talk that we had in the house that was of significance, it was you backwards on a treadmill when we were talking. Yeah, I mean, I do walk backwards a lot. So um, I thought about it, but then, you know, I was like, I, mean, I should give him my full attention for this one. I like it. I like it. I appreciate that. Joe, I'll also have you know, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I tried to ruin all of Katniss's weight cutting attempts with celebration cookies and ice cream. That's actually a fact. I hope they put that on the show. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to get into that because rumor has it that Bobby was really on the wrong team. And I'm starting to understand this more and more as we talk to people. (laughs) There are rumors about that going around. (laughs) Yeah, we all we all liked Bobby. We wanted him. All right. So uh, we saw your episode, obviously, and I want to talk about that. First of all, what are your thoughts on the episode? Like, how did it come across to you? Because I've been on The Ultimate Fighter before. Uh, I was in season two and I'm experiencing it. And everyone seems to have an opinion of the episode. But what's your thoughts on it? Um, I like how I was edited. I feel like I was edited pretty fairly and like I was true to myself. Um, I think they downplayed Helen a lot, which was cool for her. I mean, I feel like they could have made her seem a lot more crazy (laughs) and shown that. Um, but I, I liked the episode. I thought it was put together really well. I was happy with how I was like portrayed. And I think the only thing that like really was like weird was seeing how Juliana talked to Helen about me. Like, I don't know, that part was a little like, uh, okay, whatever. (laughs) But some of that, some of that, don't you think is what a coach is supposed to do? Like pumping the other people's tires. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like I told, we're good friends, but it's not like I told Helen, like, yeah, you know, Caitlin's going to smash you. I hope she beats you. Like, of course you're going to (laughs) say, I hope you win. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. But like, if a coach did that to me, I would be, it wouldn't motivate me at all. Like, I don't know if someone was like, your food's in the cage. <laughs> See, but I feel like I feel like that fit the character that they portrayed Helen as. Like that that's the kind of thing that would get her excited. You know what I mean? And it made a really like badass moment in the episode. Like, like, oh shit, like this is getting serious now. You know what I mean? Like it, it especially right before the fight, where it was kind of like, oh, you know, meet, meet, you know, fighter one and then meet fighter two. And these are two different human beings. And then it was just like, oh, but this one is straight up like gonna murder the other one. Yeah, I guess it set it up for like my winning to be a little bit more sweet on that end. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I I call that moment the ultimate cringe. I do feel though on that note, like Joe, uh, Caitlin, I thought they did a good job at like setting it up. They didn't go into depth about how skilled you actually are as a fighter. Like they focused more on Helen. They showed a bunch of highlight reels of her knocking girls out in Victor or whatever she fought in. And then they kind of didn't focus a lot on that part of you. Yeah, I did notice that they definitely focused on my dad passing and me being a cheerleader. And so they really were like... Well, so, so I didn't know a lot about you before the show. Like I, I, I read up a little bit on everybody when they announced the cast, but when they were like, oh yeah, so a uh, cat uh, used to be a cheerleader and then she saw an MMA fight and decided that's it for me. That's what I'm going to do. That was the background that we got. Like that was it. 
So go, go into a little bit more, like tell the rest of that story. Cause I'm super curious to hear like how you ended up there. Yeah. I just don't think people expected much from me at all. Like, I don't know if it's because like my background of cheerleading or the way I look or because my record like isn't the best, but yeah, I mean, I've been training for 10 years. Um, I was undefeated as an amateur. And then for my pro, I went one and three, my first pro fights. And that's where I think people are like, Oh, she kind of sucks. Um, but then I did flip it around and I went four and one in my last five pro fights. And so I think that was like very undercredited. I think I just took like, uh, two like crazy of fights, my first four fights, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't know. I think that's kind of it in a nutshell, but but the way they made it sound was like, you've only been fighting for a week. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, last week she was just a cheerleader and got cut from the squad and she's just really upset about it and decided she was going to go on the ultimate fighter. So I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't, it, it didn't do justice, I think, to the journey that you've had. And, and I think people will downplay cheerleading. I don't think people realize like the physical demands of that as an endeavor, you know, like the gymnastics ability, the, uh, the, Uh, probably the hardest thing of it, honestly, is doing all the things that you have to do physically and smiling the whole time and trying not to look like you're exhausted to the point of wanting to puke. Yeah. I mean, my cheerleading comp or my cheerleading team was actually like really good. We took first place in every single competition we went to, we took nationals two years in a row. Like we were really good. And so, um, like I always think cheerleading is a sport and I will like fight to the death for that because it was really hard, really physically demanding. And it gave me a really good base for MMA, which a lot of people probably wouldn't think, but it had like the mentality and also the athleticism. And that really helped me um, when I did start martial arts. You can see it. It does come across on the show. You are super athletic. You're incredibly strong. Fitness is a huge part of your life. One thing that I want to talk about a little bit, do you feel that because of your role in fitness and your Instagram following that people don't take you as seriously as a fighter as well? Maybe. I think because I don't always post about my martial arts training. I post more about my fitness training. So people probably think, oh, she just goes and works out and doesn't really like do martial arts. Um, but I, I train martial arts way more than I train um, fitness for fitness. So it's yeah, I can see them like not taking it as serious or thinking that I'm just using martial arts to get a platform to build my fitness base, which I mean, it goes hand in hand. Some people definitely would, don't. Would it, would it help your fighter image if you got some like facial tattoos and like shaved your head or something? I actually have uh, three tattoos all from the neck up. We got a little arrow right here. Uh-huh. Both of my eyebrows are tattooed. So I think I'm pretty hardcore. You're pretty good. But those, but pretty those good. aren't the most obvious. It's not like the razor blade below the eye or like the skull or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe it works to your advantage to have people underestimate you a bit. Well, I think that's what Helen did. Um, she was kind of like sizing me up in the house and like talking about my boxer arms and like saying stuff about like my looks or whatever. And then I got picked to fight her. And I was like, oh, she probably was underestimating me because like she saw the way I looked. So I was like, I don't know. I think it does play to my advantage a lot. I feel like I am like the least intimidating martial artist out there <laughs> just because like from my background as a cheerleader, I'm kind of like goofy. I, I come off as really like sarcastic or funny and that's kind of just like my personality. And I like some people 
might think I'm really dumb for my sense of humor, but I really think it's like smart and witty. So <laughs> I don't know. It's It kind of just depends on how people take it, but I think it's definitely played in my favor for some of my fights. Well, I was going to say on that note too, to be honest with you, you really earned my respect when you beat Helen because I thought she was going to mop the floor with you. I didn't, at that point when you guys fought, I didn't know much about you, but like if I was to juxtapose the characters, you were always nice. You were always composed. You have a life that goes way beyond fighting. You've got your own supplement brand. You've got your fitness brand. You're intelligent. You're put together. And then we've got Helen that's drinking vodka in the morning and like punching trees and windows and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, Helen's going to murder this girl. Like, because Helen does, she's a pretty, I like Helen, but she's a pretty intense human. And I think everyone thought, at least like from our side, that and Helen was the number one pick on Team Pena, thought that she was going to kind of run over you. And then after the first round, it became very apparent that like, you're damn good at what you do. And well, I remember- I'll, 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 I'm going to interject there, but I'll say even earlier than that, when they show the training montage and you're yeah. just in there hitting mitts and just, just watching you move. And I realized like, yeah, you had length on her, you know, tail of the tape. I think you had like six inch reach over her. You're a lot taller than she was. What's, what's your just your walking around weight compared to where you were fighting at? Because you were at what, 126, 127 when you weighed in? Yeah, I was 126 when I weighed in. I walk around like right now, I'm like 145. So yeah. so you were, you were like, you know, heavy for 126. Like you had to cut weight down. You were like shred city, by the way. You looked amazing. So like when I saw you moving like that, it was like, now, wait a minute. Like this, this cheerleader is not fucking around. She, <laughs> she ain't in there waving pom-poms, folks. <laughs> like give her a minute. <laughs> She's good. But Joe, I remember actually turning to to the person beside me and i was like helen's in real trouble here because you've got great cage presence you've got great reach you can move you're like evading punches i'm like it's going to be a long night for us mm -hmm. so like that was kind of cool yeah. that was kind of cool to witness firsthand and also to see how they did that on tv now the other thing i want to ask you because i had no clue this was going on um and i think i would have been sensitive to it i lost my dad when i was 20 and I had no idea you were going through that. Like you kept your composure so well. Tell, yeah. us, a little bit, tell us a little bit of that. Like, I mean, was that on purpose because you didn't want us to know? Do you know what I mean? Like you kept that under wraps. I literally didn't tell anybody except for the producers and um, the coaches on my team. So my team didn't even know until um, that watch party came out and they had that little clip of me. And so um, I just wanted to keep it so I could like kind of like compartmentalize it for the most part. So because I knew a lot of people would be like, how are you do doing today with yeah. your dad? Keep constantly checking in on me. I didn't want to have to constantly like be reminded of that. And then also I didn't want to have to use it as an excuse if I were to lose my first fight against Helen. Mm -hmm. I just like didn't want people to be like, oh, well, her dad died. It's okay. She's going through a hard time. I just didn't want that as an excuse. Yeah. Cause I mean, that was like, like I said, I'm sensitive towards that. So when I lost my dad, when I was 20, I was in university, I was trying to go through things. And then like, I had absolutely no idea. Like I fell into the camp with your team. I was blown away when I saw that watch party. Oh my God. Like how did this? And then I had a moment of kind of feeling bad that I didn't like check in with you more or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like try to talk to you, but. There was one moment where you were like, 
I really want to sit down with everybody and really get to know them. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not today. Hell no. I mean, my, it, it, it's actually funny when I think about it, my biggest like concern for you in the house was how many celebration cookies you were eating and that magic spoon cereal. I'm like, she's going to fail her way in Joe. She was on top of it. She was actually, Joe, you know, I think like three days before your fight, you gave me a death stare because I was eating cookie dough ice cream, and she was like, "It's the life me. of a heavyweight, right?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, "Whoa, what did I do?" <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was a little rough watching everybody eat really good food, especially when people like started like losing fights in the house. Then they started like eating and like staying up later and stuff. It was way more hard to be like disciplined. <laughs> And that was, and that was a huge difference between the girls and the guys. Like I didn't feel like it's, it's funny being in the house with, with men and women. Cause there was like, it was like a bunch of brothers and sisters living together. Like there's no funny business. It was like really, really chill. But what got difficult, I think, and not on my end, cause I'm a fat heavyweight, but was that you guys were all cutting weight or the girls were cutting weight and the guys didn't have to joke. So we're well, all just, I, I imagine if, if you had like, you know, all flyweights, boys and you know and gals in the house like that would change that dynamic a lot but it is different when you're a heavyweight it's very different because yeah. when i fought i was heavyweight and it was like if i wanted to get down to middleweight in uh in my sport i would have had to saw off a leg there was just no way i mean i was walking around in single digits body fat and i was still 20 pounds over that limit and so all my friends are like in the sauna doing burpees and trying to cut weight and i would just be in the sauna because like i wanted to be in the sauna I didn't, I wasn't in, in there. Sauna, trying to cut weight. <laughs> yeah, Joe, we were just all eating food and being pigs and these girls were all doing crazy stuff to try and cut weight. Although I just, although, but I can picture you eating the ice cream. Like, you know what you ought to do? Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> yeah, she was not happy with me. Not happy at all. And then we had to talk about, here's a trick I learned from her. You melt the ice cream in the microwave and then you pull all the cookie dough chunks out of it. <laughs> This is, this is people don't understand the, the psychology of cutting weight at all it's intense it <laughs> takes intense. you to a special you place also, you also you also caitlin didn't seem to have a hard time with cutting weight either you were pretty composed through that whole thing yeah for some reason that was like when with my fight against helen that was the easiest weight cut i've ever had to 125 in my life like i woke up on weight and that's never happened before at all. So I think it helped having the cameras like in your face all the time because they were like any bite of food I would eat, they would like be right there. So I'm like, okay, if I don't make weight, they're going to compile all of these together. <laughs> and this is why she didn't make weight. <laughs> Tell us, speaking of that with the cameras, what's the most difficult thing you found about the house? I think just not having doors on your room. I... I am a princess when it comes to my sleep and when it was kind of like light in the house and there was people talking and staying up late and being loud and I couldn't have my door in my room to just like shut it. I think that was like the hardest thing for me. What was it like coming out of the house? Like what was your, your reintegration process like? Especially, and, and I, I asked Bobby this when he got out too, it's just the world had changed. I mean, like those five weeks to be gone, a lot happened on a world scale. So what was that like for you? Yeah, so I was super happy uh, COVID was gone. And I was a little nervous about like the stuff happening, like as far as like the World War Three rumors or like whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was like just a weird adjustment having your phone back. And then everybody is like bugging you to see what happened or like, you know, so it, I think it was just weird. And like having to go and get your own groceries, that wasn't fun. 
Yeah, yeah Joe, I will, I will tell you this on that note. The best thing about being on house was we had a list. Mm-hmm. And every night you'd write what you wanted on the list and then the, the food fairies would magically just put it in your <laughs> hubby, provided it wasn't too exorbitant. Yeah. Like if you tried to get lobster and caviar, they just straight up shut that down. <laughs> would get like a list of things delivered to you. It was, it was kind of all right for a while. Yeah. When I got um, to my mom's house, like when I saw her for the first time, I was like, mom, I have an idea. Let's do this thing called a request list. I write down everything <laughs> that I want. I'll get the code to my apartment. And then in the morning, I wake up and all the things from the request list are covered. <laughs> she was like, no. So I tried. Now, let me let me ask you a question on that note. Have you had a hard time adjusting to the real world in terms of demands of it? Because one thing that I found in the house, and I'm sure you found too, because you do a lot of professional type things, we had nothing to do except train and show up where we were required. Like now you're in the real world and you have to tend to a business. You have to tend to a boyfriend. You have to tend to, to work. You have to tend to all these things. Like we didn't have freedom, Joe, for what was it, six weeks? Like we were told where to stand, where to be, what to do. Have you had a hard time with that part of it or have you enjoyed that? Um, Both. I've enjoyed it, but also like it, there was like, it was a hard time. Like just because coming out of the house, like I felt like I had to kind of like actually face the reality of like my dad dying and like we have to go spread his ashes and stuff. So I was really like shoving those feelings down when I was in the house. And when I got out, I was like, oh no. I'm going to have to actually like think about this now. Um, And then everything that like happened in the house and whatnot, I was just like kind of dealing with all of the emotions and all the pressures and like how I'm going to be edited and whatnot. So that was all like a really, I think, hard thing for me to deal with. And I don't think anybody out like my boyfriend didn't like realize what it would be like. My parents have no clue what it would be like. And so it was like kind of hard for me to like relate to them about that. And I kind of just thought I was being ridiculous. What what behaviors have changed for you? Like, have you changed the amount of time you spend on your phone not after not having it for that long? Yeah, like I will leave my phone in weird places and forget about it for hours. And I'm like, oh, that was actually kind of nice. I wasn't on my phone for like that amount of time. So I think that was actually a good thing is to kind of like break my habit of constantly like checking my phone or like checking notifications or like feeling like I needed to post all the time. Now, after seeing the episode, was there anything about Helen that you learned watching her part of that story? Mm, I think, I, I mean, it was cool to see where she trains. And I wish I kind of heard a little bit more about her family and her background because she didn't talk about that at all. I'm like, does she have family? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, Bobby exactly. mentioned to me, she's like a really good chef, like professional level chef. And that never came up at all. And that was super interesting to hear about. Yeah, I wonder if it'll come up in later episodes because she started cooking for us. Hmm. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know if there's anything I really learned because like I talked to her after our fight in the house, we were just still together for like weeks after that. Yeah. And she like really cool, not as like crazy as what I first thought she was <laughs> like an actual human being that you can hold a conversation with, you know, I think it was just like leading up to the fight. I was like, what on earth is this? <laughs> but that's a weird like dynamic, like to know that you have to step in the ring with somebody. Like there is a game that you're playing, you're con- and you, it, it never drops. Cause like you said, even with your father, if that shell cracks, if something like that gets through, it becomes weaponized. 
Mm-hmm. And then after the fight, when everything's settled, like that temperature drops immensely. And like you said, you can actually relate to each other as, as people, as like fellow competitors at that point. So I would imagine, you know, a very different conversation a few days later, like you kind of got to let the fight cool, you know, let, let the winner be the winner. And, and then in addition to that, it was a split decision. And that always leads, like, there's always that little question of like, I don't know what the judges saw kind of a thing. How did you yeah. feel about the fight itself? So I thought I won. Like, I had no question in my mind. I, I was like, oh, yeah, I won. And um, then when I think Brogan and Claire came up to me, um, like, the next day or something, they're like, Helen's saying that she won the fight. Like, she thinks she won the fight. And I was like, oh, that's cool she's saying that, but she's wrong. Yeah. And like, all, like, that was all my energy I put into that. And so it's like, it's like interesting to see like how much she really thought she won and how Juliana was like, you got robbed or whatever. Um, but I mean, even Dana Wyatt agreed with mm-hmm. the decision. He said, so for, for the record, I agreed with the decision as well. I thought you were much more the commanding presence. And Bobby and I had a, a talk about this in the episode we did as the, the recap of the show. But I felt like, I mean, you were in the center of the ring punching out, you were determining kind of the level of intensity, when to go in for takedowns. And she was just on the outside swinging at air most of the time. So I, and me as a judge, I would have sided with you as well. I thought you, you had a, a stronger strategy in there, but that's my next question for you, because in the show, they always talk about like, oh, this is what her strategy is going to be. That's, you know, what the other fighter's strategy is going to be. What was going through your head? And did that change when the fight started or were you sticking to your guns? Well, I thought I was going to take her down a lot more and like spend more time on the ground. But Amanda was screaming, take down, take down, shoot under her hook and take her down. And then Juliana was like, uh, beware of the takedown. And so I'm like, <clears throat> like I can't <laughs> it for a couple of seconds and then I'll do it. But it, yeah, so I think a couple of times I did shoot down and she was like sprawling. So I like threw an uppercut or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely was wanting to get it onto the ground a little bit more, but whatever. I mean, it's you take what they give you, you know? I do have a question about the fight. Obviously we were there. (laughs) You were in the fight. I was watching. Once you watched it on TV on the episode, do you have a different view of it? Yes. I I typically don't like remember most of my fights. I think I just like blank it out or whatever. I'll remember like bits and pieces and then watching it back. I'm like, oh, that happened. Like I was watching the first round and I'm like, I didn't realize we clenched so much. Like I had no clue. I thought we were in the clench for like maybe like 20 seconds at the beginning of the round. And so it was, it definitely was weird watching it back. Now, the other question I have is talk us going into the third round, because I don't know if a lot of people realize this and they don't emphasize it on the show. It's a two round fight, mm-hmm. but if the judges decide it's close, it's supposed to go to a third sudden death round. So what were your thoughts when it got announced that it was going to a third round? So I kind of figured like from how the first two rounds went that it was going to go to the third round. So I was just planning the third round Um, because I thought Helen won the first maybe and then I won the second. And then um, so I was like, yeah, we're we're going to a third. Like there wasn't a question. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to throw a lot more. I think I'm feeling a lot, a little bit more comfortable with like being able to handle her punches and um, so I'm like, I'm just going to have to turn it up because I want this and I like worked all this time to be here. So I really want to like win this, win this round. Love it. And you had your own coach for the fight as well, correct? Yeah. <laughs> like it was a little bit of like, I was cheating a little bit, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what was your reaction? Cause I, I mean, we found out 
later. What was your reaction when you found that out? Um, so before I even went into the house, he was like, I'm really good friends with Amanda. I'm going to tell her to pick you and I'm going to be in there like coaching you. And I was like, perfect. I'm like, okay. I'm glad it worked out to where he could actually like come to the fights. I didn't know who to actually be able to corner me for my fights. I thought he was just going to be like coaching or like popping in every once in a while as like a guest coach. Um, so I was actually really stoked to have him there. Do you have a different view on the competitors in the house now that you're out? Yes, but I don't know if I can say why. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll save that for part two. <laughs> save it for part two. Because one of the things that that I feel that I struggled with is that I got along with most people. And mm-hmm. I've said this before, it was actually really emotionally difficult for me to watch the fights because there's someone on my team, like just say like you and Helen, I really like you as a human being. I want to cheer for you. I want you to win but Helen's also on my team. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck did it. In fact, it's funny, Joe, if you watch me on the sidelines for most fights, I'm just dead quiet. Like, cause I don't know who to cheer for or like what I'm supposed to do. Did you struggle with that at all? Or do you? I honestly, for your fight, um, like that was like the hardest one for me to watch. I was like, I really like Bobby. So I don't, like, I don't know. This is uncomfortable. Like, I think that was like the only fight that I really, really struggled to watch because I didn't really care for, I think, the other guys on your team or the other girls. Yeah, there was a, there was a. <laughs> Let's go, Joe, Joe. We can't, we can't, we got to be careful what we talk about here. I, I, I get that. I, I'm like, we're, we're treading a line here. I promise you that there were 16 people in the house. If we interviewed every single person and said, like, what people do you like and don't like? I promise you the lists would almost be identical. <laughs> I think, I think everyone knows I'm not a fan of Mo, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. All right. But, so now, now I'm, I got to ask another kind of racy question here because this is, this is important to me personally, because Bobby and I go way back. I was there at the start of his career. Um, there's, it's a, it's a fun story. I'll tell you when I see you, but what dirt do you have on Bobby? What what can you tell me? Give me a little peek behind the curtain. What can we be expecting to see as the season progresses? I was on my best fucking behavior. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Right I need now. ammo. Okay. I need, <laughs> I need leverage. Bobby was very friendly with everyone, and he would mentor people. I think I think guys were getting jealous because a lot of the girls were giving Bobby attention because he was like helping them like with careers and stuff like outside of fighting, which a lot of fighters have no clue what to do outside of fighting. And so I think guys got jealous. And so there was this thing called like a snake box where <laughs> where <laughs> Bobby would mentor the girls and like give them like life advice and like help them like coach them through stuff. And so I think that's the biggest amount of dirt that I can. Well, I was. We'll, we'll be watching nice. for the snake box because Zach, Zach, when we had him on the show, even mentioned a snake. So this is this is interesting. I'm I'm liking yeah. where this is going. You know, though one one thing on that note that I never understood though is we all had to live together. Like Caitlin, I this didn't come across on the show, but there was some shit Helen said to you in the living room one day that I like. I don't know if you remember. I just clear walked out because she called you some really bad words, but. There were some things that happened, Joe, where like we all have to live together in a space. Like it's really hard if then there's constant look at some of the stuff that went down with Mitch and Mo. There were times it got, I'm going to tell you, it got uncomfortable with certain people. 
Do you think they put you all in the same house just for that reason? Because it would be it would be very different if it were like two separate houses and you didn't have to live with each other for sure. No, they definitely wanted the drama to be caused. And I think they loved people like Mitch, who just was like speaking his mind, running his mouth, didn't care if it was uncomfortable for people. So I think they definitely knew what they were doing with that. But it's 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 one of the things like the people that you have to fight, Joe, you're eating lunch with them. Mm hmm. You're hanging out with them. You're in the pool with them. You're in the sauna with them. You're like, I mean, at at some point you might have to fight a roommate. Mm -hmm. And I mean like a literal roommate, like a person that you share a room with. So it's just, it's the nature of the thing. So I I found it just easier to get along with everybody. You know, even stuff as respectful as like taking each other's food, Mm -hmm. drinking each other's milk, like looking after people, helping them with laundry. Like it's just much easier to be nice. But some people have a hard time in that space, yeah. you know, and then the dynamic of because now we're starting to see it. Niall lost the first fight and then he's just in there. Yeah. And so now you have people that are aiming to win the competition. Like Caitlin, obviously you're on that side. And then you have people that are completely out. Mm-hmm. And then so that dynamic of like, are people going to be respectful? Are people going to help each other? Are people going to be up all night partying? when they're supposed to be like, you know what I mean? When somebody has got to fight the next day, it's a really interesting dynamic. I don't think there's anything else uh, like it in the world to tell you the truth. So Kat, I mean, Bobby was on season two. Was there anything from his experience that helped you on the show? Mm, I'm trying to think, I don't know. I think Bobby was just like a good reminder that everyone is human and fighters are nice. I was really struggling I could go to Bobby if I wanted to like if I like if there was one person I were to tell about like my dad dying it probably would have been Bobby if it wasn't Kat my roommate so it's like I just knew that I had like a ally in the house like if I really needed it and I think he was like an actual like genuine good guy that's all right you're you're, we got to pump this up Joe this is going to be our promo that I'm a genuine good guy I need all the positive (laughs) press that I can get in my mind, I'm thinking like old WWE, right up until he sneaks up behind you with the folding chair, you know? <laughs> There's the drama. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> we're looking for the drama. So tell us what's next for you. Obviously, you can't say how you did on the show, yeah. but like what's what's next for you? You know, just trying to secure UFC contracts. I feel like every contestant that went into the house is trying to do. Um, I'm just training every day probably head down to Vegas a little bit to get more training in other than that just working on bad athletic stuff and training good and tell us a little bit more about that what is bad athletic and tell us what you do because you got a whole life like one of the things that impresses me about you you have a whole life beyond fighting like I'm used to to be honest with you fighters that it's like you get in a cage you fight and you have nothing else but you have a whole other life yeah um so I'm an owner in a supplement company. It's called Bad Athletics and we make supplements like specifically towards women. And my role in the company is um, kind of like content creation, um, like the face of the company and like the founder of it. And then also I'm developing workout programs that has like a meal plan that incorporates our supplements in it. So that's basically what I do with all my free time outside of training. All right. I do have a question for you before we go. I actually have two. 
Yes. <laughs> I know I know the answer to this, but people are going to wonder, why is your fight name Katniss? Yes. So my um, freshman wait, wait, year. Let, can, can I answer that? Because I know this story. Right, See, initially, the producers didn't want her on the show. They had selected her younger sister and she wasn't having that. So she volunteered as tribute, hence the name. See, like I it. already know. Oh, wow. That's a <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, so you can go with option A or you can give us option B. Yeah, for the boring story of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I my freshman year of college, um, I met like this new friend group down at Dixie um in St. George, Utah. And there was a guy and he's like, I'm reading this book called The Hunger Games. He's like, you kind of remind me of like the main character Katniss, just because you're kind of like you just like do your own thing. I was like, cool. He's like, I'm going to call you Katniss. I'm like, okay. So that whole friend group started calling me Katniss. And then, um, I went to some MMA fights and then I started training and doing MMA. And then the hunger games movies came out and it was Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss. And people said, I kind of like looks like her. And then Josh Berkman, who's, uh, he was in the UFC at the time. He was like, Caitlin, he's like, I just went and saw the Hunger Games and I kept seeing you up on the screen. He's like, I think your fight name should be Katniss. And I'm like, all right. I mean, my friends already call me Katniss and I think it's fitting for fighting. So let's do it. So that's kind of how my nickname came about. So ironically, Joe, Josh Berkman was on season two with me. Aha. Uh -huh. The circle is complete. The circle. <laughs> now, final question I have for you, Katniss. My wife has gotten heavily into the Ultimate Fighter yes. since I was on the show. And uh, I've been teaching her boxing lessons and she's been talking a little bit about maybe doing an amateur fight. So when we have our party at Traeger headquarters for my fight, are you allowed to fight her in like a three round exhibition or is that against your, like, will the show let us do that? <laughs> Lisa, poor Lisa. Uh, li listen, I, I love Lisa, but it ain't going to go three rounds, Bobby. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, And you're not allowed to punch her in the face, only body shots, because I like her to stay pretty. So just, just body shots. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it on. And I, and I don't want to make weight. I don't have to make weight for anything. Oh, and we're not, we're not even going to tell Lisa until we get it. Eat all the, eat all the magic spoon and, and cookie dough ice cream and, uh, What's the place in, in Pleasant Grove? What's it called? Alicia's Cupcakes. Eat as much as you want. You can come in a buck 60 for that. Yes. All right. <laughs> you can. Well, it has been a blast. Uh, I, I wanted to tell you personally, well, we've got you on. Um, watching the show, I always liked you and respected you, but watching the show and what you went through elevated that to a new level. Obviously, I had no idea you were going through what you did and your strength, your composure, uh, your fighting ability. I mean, I mean, the whole thing, it's really, really remarkable and you should be really, for what it's worth, proud of yourself. And I'm glad the episode captured that for you because you're one of my favorite people in the house. So, um, Thank you, Bowie. Happy and grateful for the opportunity to work with you. And we can't wait to see what happens. I mean, I know what happens, Joe. I know you do. can't wait to see and what to happens. to Bobby's credit, he has been really tight-lipped about stuff in the house. Like there's some stuff I know. Yeah, I know. But like, he's been, he's, listen, to all the lawyers listening, he has been respectful of the NDA, okay? More so than <laughs> I would have sued. expected. We get we get sued for $5 million. For the house. I have, we. He I says like we. You, <laughs> if that's the case, I don't know this guy. 
Yeah, well, I these, these are a blast. Cause you're the last of a dying